Movie Journey Podcast, where not only do we podcast about films in the IMDb Top 250 list, but we also do a wide variety of other things, including tournaments, drafts, Top 10 lists, and... Top 10 list? Are you stretching it out, are you? Well, I, I, I tend to make Top 10s and then go the top... I uh, say the Top 5 and have oh, a few oh, honourable yeah, oh, mentions. Yeah. Uh, nice that you save. never mentioned at all. <laughs> very honourable. <laughs> Uh, and Pod V Pods, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host Hendo. How you going, mate? Good, mate. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you. Yeah, us Australians celebrate it this time of the year. Yes, like normal people. That's right. How was your Father's Day? Well, I worked, so we did it the day Ooh. before. It was very nice. So I had ah, okay. I pretty much. I think I had the biggest breakfast I've ever had at home. So minus wow. like hotel buffet, it was ridiculous. They went all out. Mm. I had eggs, nice. bacon, toast. I had yogurt. I had donuts. I had coffee, juice. Jesus, it was the works. Calm down. No, it was lovely. Barely touched the sides, Hendo. <laughs> <laughs> How was your father's day? It was very nice here. I did not work. I spent it locked up in my house with my lovely family. Went out for a, a nice brisk walk. It was a good day. Nice sunny day for to have father's day. I had two had a breakfast. I won't say big breakfast, but I, I had a, a decent sized breakfast. Oh, decent size. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, decent Look size. Look at you. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, thank you. We also went for a walk. Uh, thankfully, didn't catch the COVID, so that's good news. Lucky you. Yes. <laughs> well, why don't you run over what we're doing today, Hendo? Well, today is Pod v Pod 41, and it is rematch time this week. We've got Gerald from Two Peas on a Podcast back to try and take us down. He lost the last time. He's going to come back and see if he can uh, best us this time. Well, hopefully uh, my trivia game is better than it was last time. Hey, Hendo. Yes, please. Please be better than last time. <laughs> And then after that, we'll take a look at our question of the week, which is, what is your favourite fictional film band in honour of us talking about Bill and Ted Face the Music in our What Else Have Been Watching section? Yes, looking forward to getting to my top ten of that, and I shall only reveal my top five. (laughs) Which, to be honest, I struggled coming up with five ones I liked. (laughs) And then after that, we're going to take a look at the next round of the uh, Tournament of Champions. The results there of the two matches we did there. See who's winning the competition there. I was ahead last time. Let's see if I'm either ahead further or the other guys have balanced it out. And then after that, we are going to look at what else we've been watching for the last month. This is what we do now. One Pod v Pod every month. One what else we've been watching. So lots of movies to get into. A nice big Pod v Pod battle coming up. Let's do it. And as usual, we start here on the Pod v Pod episodes with... The, the movies that we have put through as a Twitter poll to find out if they are deemed worthy of the top 250 films of all time. And the first one I got done here was last week's breakdown, 12 Angry Men. What do you think about this one, Dean? I think for sure it would get a yes. You are right there. 79% say yes. And then the other one I did was Pulp Fiction. I mean, why'd you bother? I wanted to see what percentage you'd get. Well, uh, 86. 81. Okay. I mean, I was close. Yeah, he did pretty good there. All right, Dean, enough mucking about with polls. Let's get into our pod v. pod 41. Let's get ready to rumble! All right, Dean, it's time for pod v. pod 41, where we have some of your favourite podcasters on for a battle of different movie games. And this week, it is rematch time. He is back with a vengeance. We have Gerald from Two Peas on a Podcast. Welcome back to the show, mate. How you doing? Hello, hello. hello. Hey, Hendo, Dino, what's up, guys? Thanks so much for having me yeah. back. I'm excited. 
Ah, glad to have you Fantastic. back. Fantastic. Absolutely. You say rematch, but I feel like you guys pretty much mopped the floor with me last time. I don't think, right? I don't think I... Well, it's, it's the standard. <laughs> Did it not even class as a match last time? Yeah, this is the first <laughs> match, really. That didn't really count. <laughs> all right. For anyone who hasn't heard of Two Peas in a Podcast, I don't understand why. We talk about you all the time. Why don't you tell them what your show is all about? Well, thanks, man. Um, yeah, I mean, we just do a... Fun top, uh, fun top five show. It's like a countdown show. So, you know, you've been on before, Hendo. I don't know what you're doing over there, Dino, but you need to come on too. But I'm we're just, just not getting invited is what I'm doing over here. <laughs> All these times, Hendo's like, oh my God, you won't believe it. Gerald's asked me back again. I'm like, fuck you, yeah. Hendo. No, yeah, I totally blame you. <laughs> this is how it goes. I, I get invited onto shows and I'm like, hey, Dean, hey, do you want to take my spot this time? He's like, no, nah, fuck that. <laughs> there no, you go. I, I bet the people, they, they message you and they say, hey, can we get Dean on? And you're like, nah, he's busy. Uh, I'll do it though. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, I guess we'll. I guess we'll have Hendo again. It's all coming into focus now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, you know, we just we just do a countdown show, man. We just do movies, TV, pop culture, music. Uh, often we dive into music and we just count down from five to one. I have a different guest host every week, and they usually come up with a topic, and then we build our list, uh, our personal favorites, and whatever the category is, and we just have a good time chatting about you know whatever that topic is. So. It's a lot of fun, and uh, yeah. you know I love your show, and I'm very, I'm always very grateful when you guys, in all seriousness, ask me to come back on. So thank you so much for having me. Not a problem at all, mate. So why don't we get into this one? Let's start off with our first round, which is our standard movie quiz. Pub quiz, asshole. Five questions, one point per correct guess. Now we always let the guest ask the question. Do we let them ask the question or answer the question? Answer the question. I think from memory, I haven't done this in a while. Mm. It's been uh, a while I'll yeah. ask the first question here for you, all right, Gerald. Sure. Here we go. How many films has Ben Stiller directed? Mm. So I can talk through this, right? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, so. No, this is a, actually a silent <laughs> podcast, Gerald. <laughs> I have to just give you a number <laughs> with no thought process. Um, okay, so he did The Cable Guy. He did Reality Bites. He did Tropic Thunder. Um, those are the only three that are popping into my head right now, all of which I love. But for good measure, I'm going to assume he did at least one or two more. Um, I don't know if he did the Meyerowitz stories. I'll say five. The answer is six. Ah. Well, I tried. That was pretty good, though, right? I was going through that. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're on the, the money along the way. There you go. You're three, right? I haven't seen Reality Bots. Is it worth watching? Oh, it's great. Well, it came out the year I graduated high school, and it's like perfect for that. Um, it was just the grunge era just kind of you know teen teenage angst um kind of romantic comedy so if, if that's your thing oh, nice. then sure it is nice well there you go <laughs> you did get those three right the other three you missed out on were zoolander and zoolander 2 oh yeah of course and the secret life of walter mitty i would not have i did not know he directed walter mitty but i completely forgot about the zoolander films and i did know that he directed those so that's that's on me so i forgot about those fair enough all right dean why don't you answer the first question oh uh, what do right. we got Let's see here. I'm just going to go in order because I'm kind of an idiot and I might forget to come back to once I skip. So <laughs> the first one I have here is uh, a sports movie. It says, in the movie Bull Durham, what church does Annie say she believes in? <laughs> you lost me at Dude. sports movie and then you said yeah, I Bull Durham. I was just, uh, yeah, okay. I'm out. I'm done. Uh, what, what was the question? What church does Annie... Uh, An- Annie is the main character portrayed by Susan Sarandon and she uh, is believes in what church? I'll just go right across here. The Church of... Scientology? No, that's a great wow. that's actually a great guess though. <laughs> but this is an 80s you. movie. Yeah. I don't know if they would have been throwing that around back then. <laughs> but it's the Church of Baseball. Oh for God's sake. Yeah. 
No. Well, it's a baseball film, Asbury. It's a baseball film. Yeah. That's not a real church. <laughs> I know. I know. You should have said, what is the joke answer to this question? <laughs> well, she was trying to be clever, I guess. I don't know. You could have said Scientology then, too. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right, Dean, why don't you ask the next question? That's a good idea there, Hendo. All right, Jared. Uh, which two well-known actors with the same first name starred as villains in the 1994 comedy Baby's Day Out? I did forget to mention that all these questions and the draft theme today were brought to us by our awesome patron brother, Shane. So thank you to those questions there, Shane. Yeah, thanks, Shane. What the fuck is this? <laughs> you repeat that? <laughs> What? Baby's okay, day okay. off? What? I don't know if they even know this. Oh, no. Okay, well, good, actually, because now you know how I feel. Uh, which two well-known actors with the same first name starred as villains in the 1994 comedy Baby's Day Out? I have no idea because I haven't even heard of that film. So let me think of... Wow, Jim. I know. I know. Uh, let me think of 90s actors that were well-known. Um, wow. Same first name you said? I did. I don't know. I'll say, um, this is purely a guess here. I'll say John Travolta and, and John Malkovich. Ooh, no. It was actually Joe Montaigne and Joe Pantoliano. What movie is this? Why don't I know this, Hendo? I don't know this Baby's movie. Baby's Day Out. It's a great movie. I mean, I have not seen it since I was six, so who knows? It is It is a rip-roaring comedy <laughs> when you're a young child, I'll give you that. It's literally about three, three guys who kidnap uh, a rich... Uh, family's baby for ransom and the baby gets out of their grafts and they try to chase it all around New York and wacky hijinks ensue and cause you know things like falling off buildings and you know wacky banana slips and ooh, and all that sort of stuff while the baby just casually crawls along laughing wow I'm sorry guys I five out of five completely <laughs> completely went over my head I, ne- I never seen that all right uh, okay so my next question right sure all right let's do this it. for you Hendo right Um, Who played the role of Dr. Eve Sachs in the film Dallas Buyers Club? I've only seen this film once. Hmm. Good question. You seen this one, Dina? Dallas Buyers Club? Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, Again, like Hendo, once. Hmm. Uh, Is it it Octavia Spencer? No. Ah. It's uh, Jennifer Garner. Mm. Ah. All right. Yeah, don't really remember that film too much. Just know McConaughey and Leto are in it. That's about it. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Great film. McConaughey's Oscar for that yes. film. Yeah. All right, Gerald. All right. We're doing well each. Zero for zero. <laughs> yeah, we're zero killing it. We're killing it. At the moment. <laughs> All right. We've got a multiple choice question here for you. Shane's uh, taking care of you. Okay. Which decade was Tom Hanks most prolific? And this is just feature length films, not including TV movies. Is it the 80s, 90s, the aughts, or the 10s? Naughties. <laughs> well, what is aughts? <laughs> <laughs> Well, when he says prolific, you mean like the number of films that he was in, I guess is what he means? Okay. Um, Well, shit. He was really active in all of those. Uh, Oh, man. I would would tend to think 1990s would be my answer. And you are incorrect. Uh, He's actually the 10s. Oh, shit. Really? Well, yeah. Yeah, f- yeah, fifteen films for the tens, where he had fourteen for the nineties and thirteen for the other two. Yeah, so they're all really close. Yeah, I mean, that was one yeah. of those where you literally could just guess any of them, and, and I mean, because he was he is prolific. He's been making movies, I mean, forever. So that's not yeah, that's not that's not surprising. I was guessing. I just knew that he had his Oscar wins in the nineties, and he probably started to get getting a lot more roles because of that. So I was just kind of taking a stab at that yeah. one. So uh, that's fair enough. All right, Dane, let's get a point on the board, please. All right, let's see here. Um, this is a question that comes from my personal favorite movie of all time, okay? 
How does God, I hope I've seen it. <laughs> Me too. How does Paulie slice garlic in Goodfellas? <laughs> uh, with a razor. That's correct. Yes. Be like paper thin. Uh, I, t- uh, I ticked that before you answered. Well done. <laughs> that is correct with a razor blade. And that very, is, very nice. That is a very good favorite film as well. Well yeah. done. <laughs> All right. Hey, I'm, I'm glad we're on the board now. Yes. Well done. All right. Pressure's on. Next question. Which of the following is not in the IMDb top 250? To Kill a Mockingbird, E.T., The Elephant Man, Indiana Jones, and The Last Crusade. Hmm. What were the four? What were all four choices again? Yep. So we've got To Kill a Mockingbird, E.T., The Elephant Man, Indiana Jones, and The Last Crusade. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to say the one that I think probably should be for sure in the top 250 is probably not. <laughs> that typically is how my luck, <laughs> how my luck goes. So I will go with Indiana Jones. Uh, no. Wow. Actually, E.T. Holy shit. Well, I love E.T. Yeah. also, so I guess I could have gone that way too. But I didn't know that Last Crusade was in the top 250. That's really cool. I think Last Crusade's sitting at like uh, 110 or something. I'm glad to hear that it is. I just, did, I just didn't know that. All right. That's uh, do, that's good for us. Why do you guys keep having me on? I'm fucking, <laughs> fucking horrible at this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm uh, just waiting for you to get that point, mate. Uh, no, I think you just geez. answered your own question. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's it. Yeah. You guys have me on 100 times. I'll finally get a couple points, I guess. Um, so I got a little bit of a layup here for you. And, uh, well, this, this is for the win as well. Oh, I got two more questions now. Well, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Both of these are layups though. Really? Um, I th- well, stop giving us layups. I, well, I know I, I'm a nice guy though. I think this one might be a little bit more difficult. So I'll go with this one. Who's answering this one? Hendo? Me. All right. You probably know this, but I'll, this one's a little bit more difficult than the other question I have. So I'll start with this one. What was the name of Wes Craven's first feature length film? Uh, the Hills Have Eyes. No, great guess though. It's The Last House on the Left. All right, nah, no layup for me with horror films. Did you just say that was a layup? Well, if you're a horror <laughs> fan, I told but... you, Gerald. Gerald's a horror guy. Yeah, he, layup for him. <laughs> Sorry, that's nah, all right. Keeps you in the game here. Yeah, it's true. Uh, this one is uh, far from a layup. In fact, this is... Oh, great. Thank you. We've actually we've actually eased up on this question that Shane gave us because we thought this is just a straight up zero. It was impossible. <laughs> great. Just glad so to hear it. He, wa- he, wa- he wanted you to, uh, to give us the last 10 films starring Rowan Atkinson, and we watered it down to give us five of the last 10 starring Rowan Atkinson. I don't know his filmography. Um... Jesus, I, I don't, I, Hendo, I really don't know. I don't know any Rowan Three Atkinson. of his films. <laughs> I just, I don't know his filmography. I really don't. I'm, uh, I'm drawing. One film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank. Uh. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to pass. I'm, I'm out. Oh, wow. Gerald. I'm out. Not you couldn't even you couldn't even slap on like a Mr. Bean's Holiday or any of the Johnny English films, uh, Scooby Doo, yeah. Rat Race. Mr. Bean, I should have got other random ones. I should have got Mr. Bean for sure. It just popped in my head when you said it. I just didn't. Shane expected you to get uh, top funny comedian the movie as well. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of that thing. Wow, Shane, if you're when you're listening to this, man, I apologize. I'm just not up on Rowan Atkinson. I just don't know his filmography. I'm so sorry. But hey, I'm keeping with I'm keeping with my my movie journey. You know. Appearance Legacy. Uh, zero for zero streak here. So, <laughs> um, you guys, right. you guys get the last one or not? Yeah, uh, we do. All right, so just just for shits and giggles here. So, The Hunger Games takes place on what continent? Uh, all right, Dean. 
Uh, Did you ever hear them mention that? What continent? I mean, is it is it fictional? It must be fictional, surely. No, because he would have said which fictional continent. No, yeah, it's an actual continent. So we got a one in, what, seven guess here? It's I mean, not, it's not Antarctica. One in six. It's not Australia. It's, it's not Australia. Australasia, sorry. It's, oh, I mean, could it be an Asian country? Maybe it's Asia. It's a continent. Maybe so it's Asia, Asia. would be the answer you're thinking of. I, th- I just think, like, North America would be too obvious, surely. Although, he did say it was Europe's a Europe's too small. Would Europe be too small? Yeah, it's small in size, but big in uh, relevance. <laughs> is, the, is, the whole 12, <laughs> is the whole 12 district the actual continent? Is that what it is? Maybe it is Europe because you'd have 12 districts and that's and that's how small the the area is. Maybe it's South America. It's Maybe not it is. Africa. No. I, I think it's North or South America or Europe. Wow. Or Asia. <laughs> or Australasia. Uh, okay. Uh, well, I don't think it's Asia because there's not a lot of Asians in the Hunger Games, is there? What does that have to do with it? I mean, it's got something to do with it, doesn't it? You think it's if it was set in Asia, there would be more Asians? We see like 10 people in the movie. <laughs> That's not true at all. <laughs> uh, what, what, what do you want to go with? I think we should go... go, with go the, I no, think I, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Can I just say, Gerald said this was a layup. I think it's North America. All right. But he also said the Wes Craven one was a layup. <laughs> yeah, but he's a horror guy. That's why he he's said probably that. the Hunger Games biggest fan. He's like he's probably a YA Antarctica. aficionado. <laughs> Gerald loves the YA. Uh, North America. Uh, what, what do you want to do? Yeah, yeah right, North, North America. America. You guys got it. North America. You overthought it though. There yeah, we North go. America. <laughs> <laughs> well done, fellas. Nice. All right. Two to nil on that one. Thank you, Gerald. Yeah. No shock there, I guess. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but you can always catch up here in the second game, which is... You might be looking at three actors. And what we have here is a rotating ga- couple of games that we do for the second round. And this one here is the other team has to guess what the movie is based off three actors from the movie. All right, Gerald, you answered the first question in the first round. So I'll answer the first question for this round. All right. So the three actors for this particular film are Al Pacino, Ashley Judd, and Hank Azaria. Uh, um, Heat. That's correct. Nice, nice, nice. Love nice. that movie. By the way, I just saw that for the first time like six months ago. That was a huge, really? that was a huge blind spot for me, and I had to. Nice. I got invited to come on a show and watch it, so I was excited. I love that movie. Good mm. stuff. It's a great movie. All right, Dean, you can ask the first question here. All right, we've got Liam Neeson, Martin Freeman, and Chiwetel Ejiofor, or something to that similarity. Not bad. Close. <laughs> um. I don't really know, but something wants me to say the gray. No, it was actually love, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) It was actually love, actually. All right, Gerald, keeping your streak going here. Impressive. Yeah, I know. It's it's intense, guys. It's not easy to do this. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's see. My next three actors are Kevin Costner, Kevin Bacon, and John Candy. Ooh. Okay. Hmm. This is tough. Kevin Costner's in a lot. Mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon. John Candy. John Candy. I mean, I know him from like bugger all. It's not Cool Runnings. I mean, I haven't ever seen planes, trains, and automobiles. I haven't seen. Oh, I saw Uncle Buck when I was young. I have no idea what John Candy's in. Hmm. You got to correct that, Dean. Would you throw two Bull Durnham questions in? <laughs> <laughs> I do love that movie. So. Uh, uh, 
It's not Home Alone. Uh, uh, Kevin Costner. Like he's he's not gonna be like the, you know, third or fourth lead in a movie. He's gonna, it's gonna be a Kevin Costner movie, isn't it? Ugh. Um, Kevin Bacon. Yeah. I, the Postman. No, good guess though. It was an Oliver Stone film from 1991 called JFK. Ah, oh, yep. Dean, 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 Dean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, should have got that. Should have got that. All right. All right. What do we got here? Okay, your second one here, Gerald. Mm-hmm. Bruce Willis, Edward Norton, and Tilda Swinton. Um, shit. Damn, I don't know this either. Bruce Willis and Ed Norton. I don't know. Let me go. Let me say. I'll say red. No, it is Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, I never saw that. Okay. Middling Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a huge Wes Anderson guy. When I see his stuff, I tend to like it, but I don't seek it out. You know what I mean? I, and this is one that I never yeah. saw. Fair enough. All right, let's see if I can extend our lead a bit more here. Jesus, please. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Uh, Robert Forrester, Justin Thoreau, and Billy Ray Cyrus. What? This sounds like a made-up movie. <laughs> it does, right? <laughs> I can legit think of two Robert Forster films. (laughs) You throw in Thoreau, and I'm like, I can think of two that don't include him. And then you throw in the Billy Ray Cyrus, not the achy, breaky heart video clip. (laughs) No, it's a movie. Jeez. I I could sit here and think for 10 minutes, and I will not get this. um, uh, I've got to go a Forster film. It's not Jackie Brown. So, uh me, myself, and Irene. No. Good guess, sir. Can I have a it's guess? A, yeah, was it? of course. Yeah, is go it, ahead. Is it, is it Mulholland Drive? It is. It is. Deep <laughs> Dino coming through. Yeah, uh, one of my Lift favorite games of all time. <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus, man. I, that's, got, that's it. Well, I thought, you know what? I thought the Billy, if you had seen Mulholland Drive, I thought the Billy Ray Cyrus thing would be a giveaway because was he in, I don't think he's ever been in any other movie, like, ever. <laughs> he was in this movie as... For like one scene, yeah. it was kind of weird. So. Was well, pretty obvious. Yeah, I think Endo. I saw Mulholland Drive like 50, <laughs> I saw Mulholland Drive like fifteen years ago. Uh, like, that's fair. You know. That's fair. Yeah. All right, you gotta, you right, gotta give, me, give me some guys. Give me something. All right, all right, go for it, Dean. Here we go. Uh, John Lovitz, Whoopi Goldberg, John Cleese. Name that film. <laughs> John Lovitz, Whoopi Goldberg, John Cleese. Oh man. Thinking of different movies, but then I can't place the other two in there with them. Um, let me just go. I don't know. Let me just go. Sister Act. No, it's actually Rat Race. Uh, I think maybe I did see that, but I didn't remember them in that film together. Also starring Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> it all ties back around, right? <laughs> the callback. <laughs> Fucking Rowan Atkinson. Um, okay, let's see who's up for you guys. Me. All right. Go, Dave. Let's see what I can do for you here. Okay. Sandra Bullock, <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland, and Chris Cooper. Ugh, okay. Nothing is coming to mind. Sandra Bullock, Kiefer Sutherland. I don't know many movies with Kiefer Sutherland in them. He's been around. He has been around. Uh, <laughs> he's definitely he been some, around. He makes films. What's he in? Lost Boys. That that movie with the White House. Um, there's probably something old. What was it? What was the other actor? Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper. Okay. That doesn't help me. <laughs> Let's go the Flatliners. No, not bad, though. Not a bad guess. Yeah, it's a time to kill. Joel Schumacher's a time to kill, based on the John Grisham ah. novel. Oh, yeah. Yep. Good yeah, movie. I wouldn't have got that one. Yeah, I love that movie. It's 
not a surprise, Hendo. Couldn't even get Mulholland Drive. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't even get Billy Ray's one acting credit. (laughs) All right, Gerald, chance to get on the board here for a tie so far. And we've got Russell Crowe, Lawrence Fishburne, Kevin Costner. Were Russell Crowe and Costner in a movie together? Um, Do you want us to answer that? (laughs) Please, because I don't think you read that correctly. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yes. Kevin Costner and Russell Crowe. I really don't think I know this. I can't think of a movie that they were both in. Not to exclude Lawrence Fishburne. (laughs) If Lawrence Fishburne is listening to this, I don't want him to be offended. Um... Maybe we do want him to be offended. Then he'd reach out. Yeah, please. <laughs> let, me, let me try to offend him for you. All publicity is good publicity. That's it. Uh, Kevin Costner and Russell Crowe. Um, let me say. Um, let me say Wyatt Earp. No, I'm just curious. If we were to substitute Lawrence Fishburne for Michael Shannon, would you get it? I don't think so, actually. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I would. Is that um, Man of Steel or whatever the fuck? Oh, oh Superman. I, mean, I, <laughs> I Yeah, I, that would have been Yeah, it. I tested this on Hendo, and he said that was too easy. Take Shannon out and put Fishburne in. <laughs> that's, that's, he's right. He's right. And um, I just didn't. Well, first of all, I hated that movie, so that doesn't help. But I just yeah. didn't remember. Uh, I'm the same. I just didn't remember both of them being in that until you threw Michael Shannon in the mix. It still took me a minute, but yeah, that would have I would have gotten it probably with that. You've got epic film guy Nick screaming into his phone right now, yeah. you, Gerald. He hates everything I love and I love everything he hates, so it's fine. <laughs> we have we have that relationship, it's fine. All right, Gerald, uh, if we get this one right, it's another win for us. Jesus. Dean, collab? Another landslide. Oh, collab. Nice. All right, uh, Rachel McAdams, Bradley Cooper, and Rebecca De Mornay. I don't know who Rebecca De Mornay is. Uh What? Uh, I know I know I know Demorne. The only movie I know she was in was Risky Business. I'm pretty sure that was her. That's a good one to know, brother. Yeah. So that's all I know from her. What, who are the uh, Rachel McAdams and Bradley Cooper? Mm-hmm, yep. What have they been? Uh, w- wouldn't it be Wouldn't it be Wedding Crashers? That's true. It is Wedding Crashers. Ding ding ding. Oh, I don't even need your help. I, Dean. I think it would be. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Dean. <laughs> yeah. Ding ding ding. Nicely done. Awesome. That's some Mulholland Drive redemption there. I'll just say I was nicer to you guys. I don't know, man. I was, sure. That was tough. This is uh, Rowan. You, are, you were nicer considering I told Dean to change the, <laughs> change the, the question. Hey, I was trying to be nice to you, but uh, nah. yeah, I wouldn't allow a, it. This is a Rowan Atkinson type of night here, I tell you. I don't, know right. that, I don't know what that means. Uh, your last one here. Let's go Colin Firth, Tom Hardy, and Mark Strong. I don't know either. And I've already lost, so let me... I'll say The King's Speech. Nah, it's actually Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Gotcha, gotcha. I have seen that. I just didn't recall it. All right. Pod V Pod 41 is ours. Jesus. It's a nice nice result. A nice result. So how many did you guys end up getting? Three, four altogether, right? Four total over the two rounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicely done, Enough fellas. for a win. <laughs> Another zero for me, which I want to say I got... I think I may have gotten one last time. Between the two, I mean. So I'm doing. Hope. I'm doing well. <laughs> it's like when I go on the fantasy <laughs> drafts. <laughs> well, speaking of drafts, people seem to think that doesn't matter about the first two rounds as long as you win the draft in this. That, that's what matters. So let's see how we go with our movie draft. Uh, and like we said, this draft comes to us from Brother Shane, and he's gone with a very interesting one here. He's gone with best comedic performances. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, it's a tough one. And we we're just talking off the mic before. It's this. This is a tough one. Like, is it funniest performances? Is it best dramatic performance in a comedy? Like, as I, I, yeah, it's a tough one. I, I don't think I don't think dramatic. I didn't even think of that, considering it's just comedic performances. Yeah, I mean, here's what I did, fellas, because this is, I was telling Hindu earlier. Like, this is tough for me because, like, I, I I even asked him like to help with the criteria because I didn't know if I was like naming the movie or if I was naming the actor's performance. So what I decided mm-hmm. to do is like the actors that just cracked me up, like they just made me laugh. Yep. Regardless of how I feel about the film as a whole or other yep. actors in the film. Now, with that being said, I do love all of the movies that I that I the actors I picked from. But I just picked it based on like, did they make me laugh out loud? You know, and it's and yep. and when I say that too, I also mean like even when I revisit it, you know, some of these movies I've seen 20 or 30 times and I still laugh at this particular performance. So that's how I went with it. Yeah, that's basically what we went with. Yeah, it's 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 not about the movie. It's about the performance by the actor or the actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. All right, Gerald, do you want to go first or do you want us to go first? Hmm. You know what? I think, I think I'm going to let you guys go first just because there's not a surefire, like, absolute number one on my list. But yeah. I could also be forgetting someone, but... I want to see which way you guys nah, go, so I'll let you go first. I agree. I agree. I think mm-hmm. I think it's the right choice to go second here. All right, who do you want? To, who do you want to go first out of us two? Um, go ahead, Dino. We'll let Dean go. I knew it. I knew it. Uh, before and before we get into it, we the only criteria we had here is that that the the team cannot pick the same actor twice for two different movies. Once you've picked that actor, that's off the board for this team for your team. But if you pick an actor yes. in. X movie, I can pick the same actor in Y movie, but you guys can't yes, pick exactly. the same guy. Okay, gotcha. All right, then go for it. Okay, this is hard, but I'm going to take Will Farrell in Anchorman. Nice. That was uh, on my list. Good pick. Awesome. All right. That's probably what I would have gone with, too. Okay. All right, Gerald, two for you. So I get two, right? Um, yeah. All right, so let me get... Um, I know I'm trying to get votes, too, because you guys do the blind results so my personal list <laughs> might be a little different than what i'll pick up at the top here but uh i tell you what let me get uh jim carrey in ace ventura okay and then eddie murphy in coming to america yeah okay interesting all right so here's the thing like do do i now go with different actors or do i mm-hmm. combat with the one of the two or two of the or yeah one of the two that you said with a different movie right. thinking maybe that's a better performance mm. hmm I, I feel like I'm gonna go with a different actor because if I I can come back to those two later on because I know you can't come back to it now right, right. good strategy Hendo yeah right yeah let's see here Ooh, okay I'm gonna go Bill Murray in Groundhog Day Ooh, good pick also on my list interesting all right, so it's over to me then, and I will take uh, I'll take Steve Carell in the Forty Year Old Virgin. Cool, love that movie. I, I didn't um, just a little subtext. I love that movie, but I didn't put Carell on my list just because I don't know. I feel like I love that movie more as a whole. Like I just laugh at all of the characters kind of collectively in that movie. Um, yeah, not to take Fair a, not to take away from your pick. I mean, it's a great performance, but. No, you're definitely doing yeah. that. Thanks a lot. <laughs> now I know why I'm not getting I mean, any I didn't get any, I didn't get any damn points yet. I mean, you know. <laughs> All right. So how many do I get, Hendo? Another two here, mate. Oh, two more. Okay. Um, shit. <laughs> all right. Um, tell you what. I will take... Man, this is going to be tough. 
I feel like if I don't take one now, you guys will probably take it. But one for sure that I want to make sure I get is the supporting performance that sometimes I watch his scenes on YouTube just to laugh. And it's John Goodman from The Big Lebowski. Ooh. So it might be a bit of a curveball pick, but that's gonna, I'm going to take him. And then I'm going to take, um, I think I'm going to take Nathan Lane from The Birdcage. Very interesting. Very interesting. All right. Hmm. See, normally when we do this, I, ha- I have my, like, I have a set list ready to go, and I, I know exactly what I'm going to be picking. This one, I'm just... <laughs> right. This is a, t- this I is a really, tough one, I man. genuinely don't know. Uh, let's see. I've got two here in my mind, but I feel like the second one, I could probably convince Dean in the fifth. But I doubt it. Probably couldn't. No, no, I think you would. <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to combat your Eddie Murphy, and I'm going to do Trading Places. Okay. Ooh. That's, that's interesting because the uh, I had two Eddie Murphys on my list too in case you guys had taken Coming to America and I had Beverly Hills Cop on my list. So that's interesting. Okay. But I mean, he's a comedic genius so you really could just throw it up in the air and pick one, you know? Pretty much. All right, Dean. Collab. Collab. I, I'm surprised with your last pick. Uh, really? I am actually. All right, because... Oh, Jesus. Uh... I mean, what what are you thinking? Do you, do you do you want to throw a Jim Carrey or do you want to go a different actor? Ah, Jesus. I mean, I think there's another actor which would get a lot of votes. Uh, a very beloved actor. Yeah, but what film? Yeah, that's is the film strong enough? Is there like an actual? And I I know who you're talking about because this was the yeah, person I was. Yeah, that's uh, like, that's who I thought about. you were gonna take. Yeah. Is there like a? Okay, well. We, we don't have to hide this. Oh, I mean, I'm talking about Robin Williams. Yeah, Robin Williams and are we, should we do Mrs. Doubtfire? Like, is is there, is Doubtfire the the standout comedic performance? What about Aladdin? Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, cartoon. Yeah, I mean, he, he they basically gave him free reign on that. Ad lib what you want. And his, like, his voice performance has just been touted as like one of the best ones out there. I mean, it would stand out in the draft pitches at least. <laughs> picture of the genie. True that. True that. Gee, <sighs> I don't mind that. Honestly, I, I feel like if we're going Williams, I think Aladdin is the choice. Yeah. Okay. I th- uh, yeah. But do you want to do that? Like, do you think there's a better Jim Carrey performance? I mean, Denise Ventura. I mean, Dumb and yeah, Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. We could go, but I mean, do we, is that real? Is that the two I we're going for? I don't think we should have two that are the same. I think I think we should try and keep it a bit cleaner. To be honest. Do you want to go Aladdin? Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I, I definitely want Robin Williams there. I'm looking at my list of people I've got left. There's no one else really jumping off the uh, digital page here. Uh, I, yeah, all right. Let's go. Let's go, Genie. Let's go, Robin Williams. All right. Awesome. I like that pick. I do too. All right. Well, Gerald, what are you going to go for your fifth one? Mrs. Doubtfire. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, I think I am going to do Mrs. Doubtfire if you guys oh are cool with it. Because <laughs> wow, what a well, boss the, move! <laughs> well, here's the thing: I have uh, I didn't want to interrupt your collaboration because I was hoping you were going to kind of go away from Robin Williams, but I absolutely have to have Robin Williams on this list because yeah. Robin Williams and Jim Carrey to me are the two actors that are just. They just speak of hilarity. I mean, they're just so funny. They have such great, like, physical comedy, such great presence. They can obviously do drama. We've seen them do that. So I had to have those two actors on my list. And I I have literally, right here I can show you, Robin Williams. I have Aladdin and Mrs. Doubtfire. And I'm just waiting to see which one you guys take. So 
Nice. My last pick will be Mrs. Doubtfire, although I would prefer Aladdin, so you guys got the better of me on that, at least. Nice. And I'm glad that you have... Uh, you've also combated one of our actors as well. It's not just me doing the same. Yeah. yeah well, I'm here to help. Yeah. I'm here to help, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's take a look at these drafts. Gerald, you have got Jim Carrey in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Eddie Murphy in Coming to America, John Goodman in The Big Lebowski, Nathan Lane in The Birdcage, and Robin Williams in Mrs. Doubtfire. And we've got Will Ferrell in Anchorman, Bill Murray in Groundhog Day, Steve Carell in The 40-Year-Old Virgin, Eddie Murphy in Trading Places, and Robin Williams in Aladdin. All right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is going to be an interesting one yet again. Pretty even. Yeah. I'm a little, uh, I'm, I'm a bit iffy on that Carell one there, Dean, I must say. I would have rather had Dumb and Dumber in that spot. I reckon that would have been a, a killer list then. Really? Just throwing it out there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's coming out of you, Dean. I look forward to your <laughs> apology when we clean the floor with uh, with our list, Hendo. If we, don't, if we don't get any comments saying, man, Steve Carell, brilliant pick, that doesn't mean anything. Oh, I, I, can't I can't believe you got anti-Steve Carell. That's, I thought that was an easy pick. No, I didn't. Nah. I think it's a great performance. I just, I don't know. I, I actually thought about that when I was making my list, but I was thinking like, I don't laugh at his performance like as much as I just laugh at that movie. That I love that movie. It's one of my favorite comedies, especially of like the last twenty years. But I don't, I don't know. Carell just doesn't like. I think Seth Rogen's hilarious in that movie. Paul Rudd is a trip. You know, they just all kind of together work really well. You know, um, but I don't I, know. I man. really we'll, think we'll, we'll you're see. underrating his performance. <laughs> Steen is so salty. Well, you know what you can't, what performance you can't underrate is mine when I come on the movie journey. Jesus. Oh, yeah. It is, it is one for the ages every time. <laughs> All right. Gerald, this was a blast yet again. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. Yeah, man, of course. All right. Where can the listeners find your podcast? Well, it was great fun. Thanks for having me back, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, the easiest thing to do to find me, folks, is just head over to Twitter and you can follow me there. It's two P's on a pod, and that's T-W-O spelled out. We are hosted on Podbean, and you can find us, as far as I know, on all podcast platforms. So I won't list them all here, but uh, if you just type in <laughs> two P's on a podcast, you will find us, and it's T-W-O spelled out on all those platforms as well. So thank you guys so much for having yeah. me. I really appreciate it. Well, no worries. Do go check out Two P's on a Podcast. It is a great show. I've been on twice before. What did we do? We did movie endings and heist films, I believe. We did. And you you actually kind of inadvertently ended up mentioning a lot of the same movies. Remember that? <laughs> you were yes, The heist yes, movies and the true. endings, they were kind of going together there. <laughs> but uh, we love what we love, man, you know? So what are you going to do? That's right. And I will, I will try and convince Dean to do some extra work and jump on a podcast by himself for once. Yeah, I'm going to hit Dean up. You know, I made Wayne come over to the dark side from the countdown. That was impressive. Yeah. So, I mean. <laughs> come on, Dean. Lift your game. People people tend to you know, want to come over to the peas, man. So, I'll, I'll hit Dean up and I'll kind of coerce him into, into coming on. We'll do top five Rowan Atkinson performances or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to watch uh, some of those films. Yeah, I have a lot of movies watched. <laughs> Perfect. All right, mate. Once again, thanks for coming on the show and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Hey, listeners. We just want to take a quick second here to thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie related. Yeah, it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show and get our name out there. And there's a couple of ways you can help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. Let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and of course, Podcasts. 
Podbean. We're very thankful to Podbean for taking on our podcast. Yeah, definitely. It's a great hosting site with a great app to go with it. Yeah, what I like about Podbean's app is you can actually comment on the episode you're listening to and it goes straight to us and we can reply back immediately. We've also opened up a new little merch store over on Public. We've got uh, a couple of t-shirts and hoodies and mugs and all that good stuff for sale. So if you're at all interested in getting a little bit of Movie Journey sweet, sweet merch, head on over there and see if anything tickles your fancy. Amazing! And if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can do so over on Twitter. Hendo controls our main handle at the Movie Journey, and I am at Dean's 250 Journey. You can also check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Movie Journey, our letterbox pages where we keep our film diaries up to date. I am at letterboxd.com slash Dino underscore J88. Really rolls off the tongue. And you can find Hendo at letterbox.com slash Hendo. And we also have a new Facebook discussion group. Yeah, a little listener community going on over there. Yeah, head on over, join up. We'd love for you to be a part of the discussion. Exactly. Another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes for us. And like we've said, if you screenshot your review and DM us, we'll send you out some new sweet, sweet merch. Or if you're really loving the show and want more, why not check out our Patreon, where we post another weekly show, breaking down films not on the IMDb Top 250 list. Yeah, we've got over 70 episodes over there, including such classic film series like the Die Hard series, X-Men series, Mission Impossible series, as well as some notable film directors such as Wes Anderson, Edgar Wright, and even Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, that's right. There's also tons of benefits over there, early access to our main show, patron-only polls that we put out on the regular. Yeah, exactly. You can even shape the show the way you want to by telling us what films you would like us to break down. So what's coming up this week, mate? Well, Dean, after our recent 100th episode celebration, first off, congratulations to our awesome patron who won that competition there. We're going to be going back to a David Fincher film series, and we are up to The Social Network. I thought you were going to congratulate me on a hundred great patron episodes, Hendo. Not all of them were great. I had to deal with you at some points, your stupid uh, opinions. Looking at you, bottle rocket. It's lucky there was an episode two on Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) Could have ended right there. Uh, Yes, Social Network, coming up soon. Yeah, that's right. We've also got our poll going on over on our Patreon as to which film of David Finch's from the top 250 list do they want us to break down over there. And so far leading the way is Fight Club against Seven and Gone Girl. But it's pretty close and there's still a week or two left on the vote. So who knows what will happen? Hey, Dean? Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash the movie journey and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer. All right, mate, it's time for... Answer my question! The question, jerk! Where we asked you, what is your favourite fictional film band? And as usual, we'll start off over on Twitter with the large amount of responses that we've got yet once again. So thank you very much, everyone there. First one here from Noel T. Manning II. It's a toss-up between the Blues Brothers, because they're so dang cool on a mission from God, and they wear their sunglasses at night, and Sing Street, because they started a band to impress the girl. Enough said. Next up, from watching comics podcasts, Spinal Tap forever and always. Is that a Spinal Tap reference, Hendo? It could be. I have not seen the film in a very long time. Nicholas Dubuc Duval kind of broke the rules a little bit here, said, I really have no real idea, but I'll say Drive Shaft with their perfect hit, You All Everybody. That's from Lost. Yeah, I don't think he got the tune right, though. You All Everybody. I try my best, and sometimes my best is not good enough. What do you mean sometimes? Uh, From the spit and polish, (laughs) uh, the answer is Boytown, the Australian film with Glenn Robbins. Wow, that is a deep pull. Have you seen Boytown? No, I have not. I have not seen it either. 
interesting choice here by Jonathan Farron's gone with the Pinheads from Back to the Future. Jeffrey Kerr says the wonders from That Thing You Do. Have you seen That Thing You Do? No. Is it good? I have seen it. I enjoyed it. I saw it, I don't know, I think it was mid-2000s. I think I uh, rented the video from the old Video Easy and I really enjoyed it. Eric Maxwell Bruns says, Stillwater, no competition. Fever Dog is a great song. Steve, no, not that Steve. The other Steve says, The Stains of Ladies and Gentlemen, the Fabulous Stains. Diane Lane and Laura Dern front an 80s punk band, What's Not to Love? Hmm. Never heard of that film. Kyle A. Goth says, It's hard not to say Spinal Tap, but I'll add Randy Watson and Sexual Chocolate from Coming to America. Mikhail says, Sentimental pick, Emmett Otter's Jug Band. And there's a picture okay. of puppets, I want to say. All right. Deep pool there. Here's one from Rich. He's gone with the one and only Wild Stallions. And from Jennifer, Strange Fruit from Still Crazy. Never heard of it. Me neither. Man, there's a couple of films here I've never even heard of. Last one here from Gnome Girl, The Commitments. All right, looking at Facebook here from Sam Stepanenko, The Lone Rangers. Interesting. I haven't seen Airheads in, God, maybe over 20 years. Have you seen Airheads? I don't think I've ever seen. Oh, maybe I saw bits of it once, but no, I would say I haven't. Fair enough. Julio from The Contrarians, awesome patron, says, No contest, The Wonders. Or is it The Oneidas from That Thing You Do? Luke Mahoney says, Steel Dragon be Dragon D's nuts over some other (laughs) band. That was good. Uh, Rockstar was not bad at all. Enjoyed it a bit. Fair enough. Haven't seen it. Brad Hargis from the Cinema Guys goes, The one true answer, Sex Bobomb. Chris Williams says, Here's one to think about. Crucial taunt from Wayne's World. All right. I did have a think about that. And I'm moving on to Talon Crichton, who says, The damn band from Old School, Starskin Hutch, and The Hangover. All right, over on our Patreon for our awesome, awesome patrons. Chris from the Rough House podcast says, We are Sex Bobomb, one, two, three, four. Hayden Gerloff says, Stillwater. Nice. Chris Beardsall also goes, We are Sex Bobomb and we're here to make you think about death and get sad and stuff. Is that a line from the movie? No, I just made it up on the fly. Brother Shane says, School of Rock. Okay, Dave from the Super Movie Bros goes with Spinal Tap. And lastly here on Patreon from Jay Wild Stallions. All right, thank you very much, everyone, for putting in a response. We're going to get to our top five fictional film bands and see who's going to win our competition from our Facebook listener community and our patrons. And as usual, we'll kick it off with you. Are we doing 10 this time? Are you going to name off the mentions or are you just going to go straight to five? Let's go to five. And to be honest, I don't even like this band. It's just I don't dislike them like there are other bands I know that I dislike. They're just, I'm sure they're fine. They're probably just a rock band. So I'm putting Spinal Tap there. Okay, fair enough. Well, my number five is Mr. Randy Watson and Sexual Chocolate from Coming to America. I have no idea what that is. Uh, my number four. <laughs> so I was actually going to put uh, Brie Larson's uh, band from Scott Pilgrim here, but that's actually real a real band doing a song. Yes. So I, I, I did put Sex bob but again, I don't love it. It's a band. Man, is this like your most saddest list? I mean, I really like my top three. It's just four and five. Like, eh, whatever. <laughs> All right, my number four. You've already mentioned it. It is Spinal Tap. Yeah, this is Spinal Tap. Now, that's the movie. Not, the band isn't called This Is Spinal Tap. My number three is from School of Rock, and it is, I think, School of Rock. <laughs> you think? You didn't go back to look at that research? No, it's the kids. Just take... Just take Brother Shane's advice. All right, my number three. You've already mentioned it as well. It is Sex Bob-omb from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. 
wonder if we have the same one and two. Uh, I'm not sure if you'd have my one. Uh, number two is the group from <laughs> Sing Street. Is it Sing Street? <laughs> they are called Sing Street. They're Sing Street. That's what I said. My number two. I know. Yeah. We, we have the same top two here. My number two is Stillwater from Almost Famous. Yeah. My number one is Stillwater. Fantastic band. Really was no contest. It was a contest because my number one is Sing Street from Sing Street. Oh, is that where they're from? Yeah, that's right. But if you're talking about no competition here, it's because there's only one person who picked one of our favourite fictional bands. It was Stillwater. And it goes to Hayden Gerloff. <laughs> oh, we spoil Hayden with our sweet, sweet merch, don't we, Hendo? <laughs> he must be yes, racking up that sweet, sweet merch at home. He's going to be he's gonna be eBaying that shit so soon. <laughs> No, well, uh, mate, you've got some more sweet, sweet merch heading your way. <laughs> oh, yep. He's blessed. There's this tournament. Let the tournament begin! All right, then, let's find out the next match results from our Tournament of Champions. We're into the final six here. We've already seen The Empire Strikes Back and Pulp Fiction into the final four. So let's see which other two films join them. First match here is 12 Angry Men against the Dark Knight. And closer than what I thought, 12 Angry Men loses to the Dark Knight, 55% to 45%. Wow, that is close. All right, next up we have Psycho coming up against Inception. And you want to talk about close, Hendo. This could not be Mm. any closer. We have a 51% winner here, and it goes to Psycho. Psycho. Nice. So the final four we've got now is The Empire Strikes Back against The Dark Knight and Psycho against Pulp Fiction. And in looking at the competition and the tipping we've got going on here, once again, I got both while the other guys only got one each. So I'm three tips up with three matches left and there are a couple of matches here that we've all got the same. So I think it's safe to say it's a shutout. Unfortunately to all the other tippers, but Hendo takes it down. I hope you're proud of yourself. I am so proud of myself. I mean, what, what do you want me to say? I nailed the tips. You could say, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. No. I'm, hold my head up proud. The good. The bad. All right, just a heads up before we get into everything else we've watched this month. We will not be spoiling the films, even though Hendo does often try to spoil them. But don't worry, folks, I will save you. All right, Dean, we've got a lot of films to get to here, so I'll kick it off. Now, I must say, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it was because it was a month's worth of uh, choosing movies or whatnot, but I actually forgot to talk about a couple of films that I probably should have in the, uh, the last wrap-up, especially this one here. It's a new release. It's, uh, it's called First Cow. First cow. Yes. Are they planning a trilogy? I don't think so. Yes or no, is there going to be an extended universe? Are we coming for second cow or are we getting like a first pig sort of deal? (laughs) I don't think it's anything that you think of. It is literally the story about the first cow that came to, I believe, uh, the American land, I'm pretty sure, from from Britain. God, that sounds boring. This this was really, really hyped. And for me, I think it was a bit overhyped. It does look great. It's got some absolutely fantastic production design, but the story is a bit of a drag. I think the first third was kind of a struggle to get through, but it does pick up as it goes along. The acting is is good. 
And I love the way the, the film bookends from the very first scene to the final scene. I would recommend it, but it's it really isn't for everyone. I give this three stars. Very good. So another one I forgot to talk about was uh, Edward Scissorhands. First time I watched it. How'd you forget Edward Scissorhands? I don't know. I was I was going through my letterbox diary list and I must have looked at it as a rewatch, but it wasn't. Not exactly inconspicuous, is it? Look, this film, uh, it's incredibly quirky, uh, which is pretty much what I expect from a Tim Burton film. The film uses the uh, the contrast of bright and dark colors really well, which kind of sets these conflicting tones of the film as it goes along. Johnny Depp is pretty, pretty solid in this film. Diane Weiss and Alan Arkin are pretty good too. Winona Ryder isn't anything special in this film. I also think it's quite funny at times. The uh, the cutting shots, the POV of the cutting shot uh, never got old for me. Carries a bit of emotional weight too. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. Four stars for Edward Scissorhands. Wow. I was not expecting a four star from that review. Very good. All right. Well, I watched Justice League Dark. Of course you did. Now, I don't know if I've seen this before. I may have seen some of it. I don't remember it. So I am going to class this as a first time watch. Justice League Dark. Basically, the alternate characters in DC team up more of the darker you know more magic style so we get constantine dark constantine we get zatanna dead man some really great additions to the crew here it was a little slow in parts but definitely a welcome change to the usual status quo so i give that three and a half stars very good well i got to watching 310 to yuma yeah this is a film i saw and really really liked it and just never want to watch it again i would watch this again i thought this was great it's one of these like modernish western films russell crowe oh man he is so good in this film as this villain but who's got like the he's like a sympathetic villain as well he's a smart villain he's not just an outright bad bloke he's really good in this film christian Mm. bale basically plays second fiddle to russell crowe in this film i really really enjoy this film a lot of like decent action like decent western action uh good performances from the two a good story i like where it ends up uh four stars for 310 to humor Nice. All right. Well, on the back of Justice League Dark, I then went and saw its direct sequel, Justice League Dark Apocalypse. (laughs) Justice League Darker. No. Are you going to watch the third installment, Justice League Darkest? Anyway, epic really is the best word to describe this. If you're into, you know, DC and Justice League stuff, it's very... It's deeper emotionally than I was expecting. There's like huge deaths that come out of nowhere pretty regularly. And <laughs> what that does is it makes makes you like really be on edge when you're watching this because you know anyone can die at any time. Uh, Darkseid is the main villain here. He's wonderfully intimidating. His second in charge uh, is a nice touch as well. Definitely really for the Justice League super fans, though, as this movie makes no effort setting up the many, many characters that appear throughout <laughs> it. But I loved it. Four stars. Of course you did. Yeah, there's all these problems. But it's DC four stars. Loved it. No, it's, it's, really, it's really not what I expected. Okay, well, there was a competition we did a very long time ago, the 2010s tournament, where you won that and you picked a movie for me to watch. Now, it's been six months later and I finally watched it. <laughs> I got to watching Under the Skin. Ah, Scarjo. Uh, this this film is a mind fuck to say the least. It's uh, incredibly confusing at points. It sometimes feels like it's not really saying anything, but then you give it time and, and it you says realize so much. <laughs> it was. It was saying a lot. The score in this is entrancing. Scarlett Johansson's pretty good in it. The cinematography for the story it's telling works well. 
the ending is I, I don't know I I it's I feel like it's not good. There's a lot of stuff in the story that is explained poorly. I'm so on the fence with this film. I've I've landed on a three stars because there's a there's some good stuff in it to recommend, and I know that I'm I'm sure if there's time for discussion about what this film's trying to say, that I'm sure there's a deeper meaning to it. But three stars for me because I just really don't know what to truly think of this film. Okay. Have you seen Under the Skin? Yeah. No, you didn't. You saw five seconds of it. That's a good five seconds. <laughs> I also saw. No, not my brother Shane. I saw the movie Shane. Good. Now, this is an old western that is slow and tedious. I was on board with it, though, on some level for a good chunk of it. But at some point, I kind of just started siding with the so-called villain of the film. It really <laughs> lost me. Also, there's, there's a lot of action that takes place at night, and it's surprisingly hard to actually make out what's happening. Also, there's fight scenes that go on for ages. Like the throw a punch, cue fake sound effect, and people go flying. But they're real. They're really long. It was yeah. it was getting a bit dragging. Uh, what, what's it? What's it about? Uh, from I think for me, I think it's uh, is he just protecting this family from people? Yep. Yeah. Cool. So the first scene is Shane randomly riding on a family that's out in the field, and they have people who want them off the land, and Shane sticks around to try and help. Cool. Anyway. There are definitely some interesting relationships though going on here with the you know the strong silent Shane type, uh, the main boy, the father, and the wife who clearly wants to bang Shane. Uh, themes revolved <laughs> around being able to change who you are in life. It's an engaging enough premise. It just suffered massively from poor pacing. Two stars. All right, poor Shane, poor poor Shane. Does that mean we have to take the sound sound bumper off now? It's going to bring you back nightmares. No, I'm sure I'll be able to manage. All right. Well, a little while ago, I caught up with Makoto Shinkai's Weathering with you, and I really want to go check out his first film, Five Centimeters Per Second. Now, this this goes for 63 minutes, but I did want to talk about it. So it's told ah, in three. Pulling a Dino, I like it. Let's get some of that boa action. Oh, or is it Bow? <laughs> I don't even know what the fucking movie's called. <laughs> <laughs> so it's told in three interconnected segments. We follow a young man named Takaki through his life as Cruel Winter's cold technology and finally adult obligations and responsibility converge to test the delicate petals of love. And this film's good. It's not as good as Weathering With You and it's nowhere near as good as Your Name, but it is still an interesting story. It is quite powerful. The animation is top-notch once again. The characters are interesting. You get involved with their uh, their problems, especially Takaki. He's involved in the whole film and his turmoils he goes through in his life. I found it pretty interesting. Uh, it, I did get lost at certain points uh, with some of the characters that, that come in and come out, but I still enjoyed it. It's three stars. Fair enough. All right. I saw another one that you gave me called Son of Soul. Okay. Now, I knew nothing about this. Mm-hmm. And as soon as it started and I saw that that first shot of basically the character of Saul takes up 80% of the actual frame and it's framed like the old style 4-3 ratio. Yep. And I realized that almost the entire film is going to look like this. It's a very interesting way of filming. The action is really happening around the character and we're focused on you know, Soul virtually the entire movie. Uh, it is a concentration camp movie. It's, you know, it's as you would expect, brutal, horrific, blunt, etc. It's 
that aspect ratio, it's so tight though. It really does give you that sense of claustrophobia, helplessness. They're always there. Our protagonist, Saul, as he goes about his, you know, he gets his secret mission that he's doing there uh, whilst belonging to the Sonder Commando, which is this... I didn't realize there's like a group... There's different like levels inside concentration camp. So, mm-hmm. it was very educational for me. It's a hell of a tough watch, but it is one that stays with you after the credits have rolled. And I, you know, went down a, another... You know, wiki thread reading about all this sort of stuff. It's really, really good. Uh, four stars. Nice. You will like Son of Soul. Excellent. All right, I'll keep that on the list then. All right, well, after our Alien 3 watch, I felt I, I wanted to finish off this Alien quadrilogy. So I went and watched Alien Resurrection. You're a sucker for punishment, Hendo. I am. I mean, it's not good. In fact, uh, it's pretty bad. Uh, the underwater scene that uh, is in about the middle way, about halfway through the film, it's pretty solid. I'd say that's the best part of the film. There's some pretty cool gory deaths and I, I saw a lot of criticisms about the the giant alien human hybrid baby thing at the end i didn't mind it spoilers fine what am i spoiling a film from 1997 here i mean i Come literally on. say there won't we won't be spoiling the films for you i don't think i'm giving much away here at all okay but send all char- hate mail to hendo sure but the character of ripley is absolutely terrible. Now, it's not the performance, it's what they've done with the character. The new squad they've got here are all pretty shit. There's too much showing of the aliens, which means there's, you know, no suspense, there's no thrills, chills, etc. And the story is absolutely woeful. That being said, I still think it's better than Alien 3. Two stars. Fair enough. And then I had uh, patron David Powell have a little go at me because I hadn't seen Coraline. So I was like, right, well, I'll sort that out right now. We popped it on with the kids, watched it. And Your it's kids really watch good. this? Yeah. This is scary. I turned it off when my kids started watching it. It's not that scary. They, they were able to take it. It's good. I really like this film. It's very, very smart. Very smart film. Got some really good themes of uh, family, love, loss. And it's really intertwined with this like this parallel universe that she, you know, she crawls into in the, the side of her house. It's got a lot of... A lot of stuff you would think about for a kid's film, but it's not missing any of the fun kid nature of, of, a, of a child film as well. I think it works perfect for, for children and adults alike. I'm really, really happy I got to watch this film. My kids really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm giving this four stars. Nice. All right. Next film I watched was Midnight Cowboy, Hendo. Ah, one of the other films I gave you to watch. Yeah, you gave me this one. Uh, it won Best Picture. It's a seriously weird film. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> Nothing at all. I think it might have something to do with male prostitutes, I think. So, that's exactly what I knew about it as well. Male prostitutes. It's about uh, John Voight. He's like this, you know, bright-eyed, sort of, uh, is he like Texan, like cowboy guy? And he wants to go to New York and make it big. And that's uh, all I'll say of the story. I mean, he meets Dustin Hoffman. who's Is he walking here? He is walking here. We do get that. I didn't realise that this is a movie that uh, made famous that everybody's talking at me. I don't hear a word they're saying, which I know from Seinfeld. The <laughs> okay. John Voight episode, you know, uh, driving round in John Voight's car. Now it makes sense. Uh, okay, fair enough. Do I don't not- remember that episode. Are you serious? John Voight's car? Yeah. Come on. Unreal. Uh, so... I don't know, this film, I've got to say, by a mile, I thought about this film more than any other film I've watched. Okay. It's a massive downer of a movie. Like, the whole movie is really, really a massive downer. Uh, Really depressing. More of a downer than Son of Soul? 
Yeah, it was more of a downer than Son of Soul. Jesus. Uh, it's... I don't know, like, I feel like the, the filmmaking was very experimental. There's a lot of flashbacks, a lot of dreams, etc. All that sort of... There's drugs, all that sort of stuff. It's... It's very, it's, I mean, it's definitely unpredictable. The film has a lot to say. I'm just not sure I got enough actual enjoyment out of it. The performances are really good. Like, John Voight's fantastic. Dustin Hoffman is very good. I read somewhere that the, his performance has been ranked, like, you know, supremely highly in, like, top 10 actor performances of all time. I'm not sure it's that good. I prefer John Voight, to be honest. But for okay. me, I'm going, I'm going two and a half stars. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it deserves three because of how, mu- how much it actually made me think. But uh, I don't know. Two and a half. I'm curious to hear what you what you think of it when you eventually watch it. I probably will eventually watch it. I was just looking at uh, what films it beat for the Best Picture Award that year. We have Anne of the Thousand Days, Hello Dolly, Z, or Z, don't know which one, and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Okay. I've heard of one of them. I feel like I've heard of Hello, Dolly. You're not thinking of Dolly Parton, are you? No, I'm not. Nine to five? No, no nine to five. Get off it. Should have told her that. (sighs) I just set that one up, didn't I? (laughs) All right. Well, it was about this time I stupidly decided to watch an Adam Sandler film that's not Uncut Gems. I watched Just Go With It. You seen that one? Uh, No. The one with Jennifer Aniston where they pretend to be married. I'm sure Jennifer Aniston's in it, yeah. Yeah. They pretend to be married- uh, so that he can, he, cause so he, he plays this plastic surgeon guy who wears a fake wedding ring to hook up with people because they think he's married and he meets the love of his life, but she sees the ring and gets annoyed. So he has to pretend like Jennifer Aniston is his ex-wife and they have kids and they go on a big holiday trip to, I think it's Hawaii. <laughs> this all sounds very familiar for an Adam Sandler film. Sandler loves uh, going on holidays in his film. He does. He, he loves a holiday. And I got to tell you, I think this Adam Sandler character is one of the the most like reprehensible asshole characters he's ever played. And I, I I'm including Little Nicky in that. He's what about, this guy what about is a piece of shit. Gems? No, but he's entertaining. This is just an asshole, and just the shit he's talking about. He's just going to talk about. Yeah, don't worry. Once we get back to the mainland, I'll just tell the. I'll tell her that the kids had a horrific uh, death off a cliff, and we can just move on with our lives. I'm like, what the fuck? Calm down. This was. This was not funny. Uh, Jennifer Aniston's the highlight. She's pretty good in it. Nicole Kidman's in it, and she is awful. She's so awful in this film. No, stop it, Hendo. <laughs> She's a national treasure. <laughs> Well, in the end, it's another generic Adam Sandler comedy. I give that one two stars. All right, then I watched this uh, new film from 2020 with my wife called Chemical Hearts, starring this girl, Lily Reinhardt, who's a a big deal at the moment. Um, I think she's in that Riverdale show. I could be wrong. That Riverdale show being Riverdale? Riverdale, yes. You know Riverdale is based on the Archie comic strip? Yes, I do know that. Well. But this film is about a high school transfer student who finds a new passion when she begins to work on the school's newspaper. And look, it's it's one of those films again. It's uh, it's incredibly mediocre, predictable. Lily Reinhardt is a standout in the film, but in general, the whole thing is another giant cliche. It offers nothing new or better than other like for like films out there. So this one also gets two stars. Fair enough. Then I sat down and watched uh, an animation from 2000 that I hadn't seen before with the kids. I watched The Road to El Dorado. Ah, never seen it. It's it's. Uh, oh, 
my rating's going to show it. It's a it's a letdown. the The first act in this film, slays. It is so good. I was slays. enjoying the hell out of it. It slays, it slays. does it. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I feel good. like we need to say slays more. Oh, but if we say it too much, slayed. the effect isn't going to be as good. No, I just mean in general life. Like I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to beat this dead horse tomorrow at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the second act, though, slows down and the third act just brings it to a grinding halt. Aside from the fantastic 2D animation, the movie got worse as it went along, which is a shame because it started off so well. It's two and a half for The Road to El Dorado. Okay, it's not that horrible. I guess with all that slaying, it had to have a half-decent rating. It slayed too much. There was too much slaying. Ah. Uh, then I watched an old school 80s film, uh, one of Brian De Palma's first films, Blowout. Oh, I want to see this. Is that the uh, T-Dog in that, Travolta? T-Dog, exactly. Do you know what it's about? Uh, male prostitution? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Uh, spewing. It's about a movie sound recordist who accidentally records the evidence that proves that a car accident was actually murder and conspicuously finds himself in danger. Sounds like uh, Enemy of the State. Except it was made about 20 years prior. This film is great. It is a tense thriller that sets up its premise and characters very well. It's got fantastic use of sound and attention to detail. John Travolta is on his A game in this film. And the ending to this film is mind-blowing. This is a genuinely great film. I could easily watch this again. Four and a half stars for Blowout. Four and a half? Yeah, you heard me right. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, it is. All right, well, the next film I watched was Akira. Ooh, Akira. Akira, which I did not enjoy. Uh, oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you'll enjoy it either, to be honest. It's. Can you tell me what it's about? Uh, I would try. <laughs> it's about a gang. I See, I'm just going to... Because I know there are a lot of big fans of Akira out there, and I get it's like, you know, classic... Japanese animation. It's it's a tough watch. It is. Yeah. What's it about? Um, yeah, I don't really know. There's there's a <laughs> gang on motor motorbikes. It's that's how it starts out, and then there's some experimentation, and there's people with superpowers. Okay, interesting uh, plot. It's all over the place. Incredibly hard to follow. Mm-hmm. The animation. Yeah, look, it's fine. For me, it wasn't like, wow, it's it's very messy. But again, uh, it's hard talking about something that I know is so beloved. Uh, I didn't like it. I didn't get any enjoyment out of it. I thought there were a lot of inconsistencies in it. That, I mean, so much of this film felt like world building. So much. With no payoff? Uh, not really. I feel like if I watched oh. it a second time, I might understand more. I'm never going to. I really, I really don't want to. Uh, mm-hmm. It was interesting, I guess. Two stars. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> you try and end on this little positive tick and then slam it down. <laughs> Two stars. <laughs> All right. I watched an anime around that time myself. I watched Kiki's Delivery Service. Okay. Do you know what this one's about? Uh, well, see, there's this character named Kiki. They deliver packages and people receive said packages. <laughs> Kiki is happy. Two stars. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, nailed it. Uh, yeah, you're pretty much right there with the uh, the plot description. But I think this is yet another funny and sweet Ghibli film. It's got some adorable and funny characters. It's got a simple plot that doesn't really have much to do, but that's okay for this kind of film. I watched it in the English dub with my kids because we're going through the, the Ghibli films on Netflix. Uh, it's really good. I, I liked it. Uh, enjoyable enough. Three stars. Okay. 
And then I put a poll out on Facebook because uh, there was a bunch of uh, non-English John Woo films that I'd he- heard so much good things about, and I really wanted to watch at least one of them. So I put out the poll if I should watch The Killer or Hard Boiled. And I think, the, I think Hard Boiled won the poll, so I decided to watch the other one, which was The Killer. Did it slay Hendo? No, it killed. <laughs> You're right, you got COVID. <laughs> Do I have COVID? Come on, you shouldn't joke about that, Hendo. The Killer is about a disillusioned assassin who accepts one last hit in hopes of using his earnings to restore vision to a singer he accidentally blinded, only to be double-crossed by his boss. Now, this is a John Woo film, okay? So expect lots of doves and lots of blood squibs and lots of action. Is this the second John Woo film you've seen? Oh, third? Have you seen many? I'm thinking Face Off and Mission Impossible 2. Broken Arrow. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I think this is the fourth. Uh, Not only is this a very solid action film, it's got plenty of great set pieces and stunts, but the story is actually pretty well put together. It's got some fleshed out characters that mirror each other with both their conflicts and understanding alike. This is more than just like your typical John Woo shoot 'em up. There's actually gray areas within this film and not everything you're watching is black and white. It makes for a much better action film. Uh, Four stars for The Killer. Very good. And I think it was at this point where I decided to continue my alien run i watched resurrection earlier on in the month so i went on to the avp films and i watched alien versus predator how was that look this film does give us some interesting and positive things which i will start with the production design is top notch the puppetry with the alien and the predator is fantastic and the titular battle between avp is satisfying i'll say that but what drops this film down substantially is the weak-ass story, the bland, cardboard-cut-out human characters, and the fact that when I ultimately finished the film, I felt nothing. But this ultimately didn't leave a strong enough mark on me, even with those positive notes I had. So, in the end, it gets two and a half. Okay, that's probably more than I would have expected. Yes, but then I went on to Aliens vs. Predator Requiem, and I was hoping that we wouldn't drop to the low point of Alien 3, but we went further. This movie is... Fucking awful. It's really stripped away what made films like Alien and Aliens great, and it replaced it with a generic teen slasher. It's so bad. You literally, I literally couldn't tell you anyone's name in this, and even if they showed it on the screen, I still couldn't since this film is so insanely dark, you can't even see what would be the best part of the film, which is the practical designs of the Alien and Predators. It's so, I cannot I cannot believe how dark it was. And it's not just me watching you know things with the brightness down or anything. The movie is just awfully dark. Like I've seen criticisms from everyone else like this film was shot way too dark. You cannot see anything. It is a generic, typical teen slasher, one star for Alien v Predator Requiem. One star. Was the violence any good? I don't know. I couldn't see it. Ah, were you cowering behind, you know, like fingers over your eyes because it was so scary? Maybe that's why you didn't like it. Was it just too scary for you, Hendo? Yeah, I was so frightened. I was so frightened. I watched like a couple of seconds of it. I heard it all, though. I also saw The Man from Uncle. Have you seen this, Hendo? Yes, I have. I saw this when it came out, the old Guy Ritchie film. I had no idea this was Guy Ritchie. Well, what did you think of it? Didn't really feel like a Guy Ritchie movie. Neither did Aladdin. It was very, very, uh, like, generic. Like, it was standard. It was, mm-hmm. like, it was a good spy movie. Did you know a- this is this is based off a TV show? Nope. No. Man from Uncle is an old school uh, TV show, kind of like in the same vein as Mission Impossible. Okay. Yep. It's a good spy movie. Uh 
Cavill's really good in it. I enjoyed watching it. Super forgettable. Three stars. Yeah, I think I might have given it three stars as well from memory. Yeah, like there's, it's it's good. It's fine. You put it on. You don't think about it. It looks nice. Yeah. Oh, Army Hammer's in it too. He's all right. He is. He's all right. Now, did you watch this because we did Snatch recently and you wanted to watch a Guy Ritchie film or because of Army Hammer with the social network coming up? Uh, I, honestly. It's Guy I, Ritchie. Don't, I, don't, I, don't even I, think. It's Guy I, Ritchie. I think I just saw it on Netflix and I was like, oh, Henry Cavill. What's he doing? Then it was like ah, a Guy Henry Ritchie Cavill. film. And I was like, Really? How has no one told me to watch this yet? Everyone's like, oh, you got to watch Rock and Roller. What about the man from I never Uncle? said that. Nah, other people have. Did you see that Henry Cavill's playing Sherlock Holmes coming up? What? Yeah. He's playing Sherlock Holmes in the new Netflix film Enola Holmes uh, with Millie Bobby Brown as Enola Holmes. I believe it's Sherlock Holmes' younger sister. For real? For real. There's a trailer out and everything. There's a movie with girl Sherlock Holmes coming out. Uh, I think she likes to be called Enola. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but this isn't a thing they've just made up. This is based off actual Arthur Conan Doyle books. So Doyle wrote this Enola. They rule. They rule. Doyle rules, yeah. Wrote Enola. Yes, he did. Okay. And is she- Go, to, go watch the trailer. Does she have Sherlock Holmes superpowers too? I don't think it doesn't look like anyone has superpowers in this film. Not you even know, Superman himself. I was looking online at a uh, electronics store a couple of days ago, and I'm pretty sure I saw Sherlock season one. May even have been 4K. Guess how much it was? 85 bucks. Pretty sure it was four dollars. Get the fuck out of here. Four bucks. It was ridiculously cheap. Maybe five dollars for. No, I didn't buy it. What do you think I'm made of money? Plus- $4 plus $125 postage and handling. Listen, if I'm being honest, I won a prize at work, right? It was a <laughs> gift card for this this store for the value of $1,800. And I have what? just been going to town looking through this website like there's no tomorrow. I have had so much fun fake shopping online. It, you just cannot imagine. You won an $1,800 voucher. Yeah, plus two $200 vouchers to different stores. What? What are these competitions you're entering? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, w- I won't attack your work, but uh, what are they? They're just they're competitions, you know? They're they're based on general, you know, manager skill, good looks, just the usual stuff. <laughs> I can understand why you've never heard of them, Hendo. <laughs> you, got the, uh, you got the participation award, the $1,800. Yeah. All right. Uh, another... Kids film I watched with my children. I'd never seen the original Despicable Me. Okay. And this is surprisingly okay. Oh. Uh, is that Steve Carell as Gru? Is that that? That is true. I, I don't even know how that's even a question. But I went in with super low expectations because I'd only seen the third one and Minions, which are both terrible. That may have helped because, yeah, this wasn't too bad. Several of the jokes landed. None of the characters were annoying in this film. The minions were used incredibly sparingly, which is the correct way to use them, and I had a nice family message to take out of it. So, fun enough. Yeah, three stars for Despicable Me 1. Okay, I looked it up. It wasn't $4. It was 13 <laughs> It was 13 but still, I oh. thought that was incredibly low for a full season 4K. Yeah, you didn't buy it. With the $1,800 you had in your back pocket. No, nah, don't be silly. I'll probably buy something for 3000 and it'll cost me $1,200 getting this gift card. <laughs> is, is there a big old Batman statue in there you can get? No. I'm sure you I'm, I'm sure you can buy like 80 pops with that. Uh, this uh, They don't sell pops, unfortunately. Probably a good thing, in fairness. 
<laughs> You'll need a new wall. All right, I continued my alien watch here onto the prequels now. I watched Prometheus for the first time. Yeah, I, I couldn't get through that. Oh, really? I mean, I, I watched- actually turned it off? Oh, yeah. It was like 12 years ago, but yeah, I turned it off. Now, look, first off, the film looks stunning. You've got Ridley Scott back now with the alien films. There's so many gorgeous shots, set designs. You can see that Ridley Scott has put some care into this. Uh, the team that he's got, they've really tried to make this look as best as possible. The story is good, but a bit messy and patchy at points. There's a pretty stacked cast in this film, which always helps. Michael Fassbender is a superstar, which is usually the case. It does fall over along the way with some cliche tropes and some poor, terrible character decisions. But overall, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I give it three and a half stars. Okay, very, very good. Then I sat down and watched a new 2020 film called Ava. You heard of this one, Dean? Yeah, is this Chastain? Chastain, Farrell, Malkovich, Common, basically another generic assassin film. And for such a decent cast list, this film should have been a lot more than what it was. Instead, it turns out to be a subpar generic spy film that has little to no pot, poor pacing and editing, forgetful action, and characters I did not care about at all. Everyone is wasted in this one and a half stars for Ava. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid it. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, best you do so. And then I got to the final Alien film that I had to watch, which was Alien Covenant. Have you seen Covenant? Nah, I haven't. Yeah, I, I was very, very middling on this one. I was hoping for a better continuation of the Prometheus storyline, but the film really drops back into the killing random no-names with no development of the dozen new characters in it, whose names I once again can't remember, who all make, once again, incredibly dumb decisions at every step along the way in this film. Michael Fassbender is once again the shining star. He plays dual roles in this film against each other, which is easily the highlight scenes of the film. Although the the weak-ass twist was so telegraphed and unnecessary, it's borderline insulting to the audience. There was some positives along the way. I thought, once again, Ridley Scott comes in and gives us some great locations and set designs. And as a standard horror thriller film, it's fine, I guess. But I wanted more than that. And... They needed more than that to get a recommend. So two and a half stars for Alien Covenant. Okay. All right. And the last film I saw in this epic month of film watching for me was Bill and Ted Face the Music, Kendo. I freezen the wild stallions. Let's rock! Hmm. I also watched this. Hmm. How do you talk about this film? The film that everyone said they wanted? Uh, Who was asking for this? Mm, mm, uh, Bill Winters? Mm. Alex Winters. That was close. Alex Winters? Why Why would they cast a guy named Bill and put the other guy as Bill? <laughs> How annoying would that be on set? Hey, Bill. Yes, yes. Ah, oh, damn it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. This, I mean, I'll be honest. I laughed a lot at the start. I thought, you know what? This film is so bad. It's funny. But that really really wears off pretty quickly. Once you get over the novelty that Keanu Reeves looks really weird, there's something up with him in this film. Keanu Reeves is not a good actor and has never been a good actor. And he he makes a lot of money off John Wick and he made a lot of money off The Matrix, but that's because he is a good action star. When he comes in and tries to play old man Bill here, who, like you say, looks weird, definitely. Without his beard now and his long hair, it's... He doesn't look good at all. No, which is is odd because he's actively bad. He's actively bad in this film. Everyone is. It's 
No, it's, I dis- I disagree. I think Alex Winters is really trying and does a decent well, performance. Well, because he's trying, he hasn't acted in 20 years. Yeah, but that's not that's not because he couldn't. He's done it by choice. Really? Yeah, he's been directing films. He hasn't been acting for ages. So you're saying Alex Winters has been actively turning down roles for decades now. <laughs> yeah, they've been lining up at the door for him. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, this this is terrible. It is so bad. I, I don't think I laugh. You said you laughed at the start. I don't think I laughed once. Oh, I definitely laughed at the start. I was like, what is this shit we're watching? Because I got Brit to watch <laughs> okay. it with me. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Kira, Kira uh, sat down for a couple of minutes. She's like, all right, I'm done. Just <laughs> went and watched something else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, didn't, I didn't mind that they try. It looked like they tried to make it in some sort of real time sense, which is weird considering it's a time traveling movie. But the fact that they had like their countdown timer, yeah, which like, oh, I didn't got- understand. I didn't understand anything. Yeah, of that. It, that, it doesn't make sense because they're traveling through time and they yes. have this timer before the end of the world. But when they when they were saying, "Oh, we've got forty seven minutes till the end," it was actually, if, I'm pretty sure it was legit about that time before the movie ended every time. Yeah, but it didn't make any sense. Nothing is funny. the The side characters are horrible. That you know, they they try and rehash the first and second one together, and it just doesn't work. The the daughters, are, they're cringeworthy. Like Samara Weaving is is good. She's been in good things, like Ready or Not. She's really good in that. She is. And they come in and they play just dopey daughters of Bill and Ted. They act exactly the same as them, and it is annoying. Yeah, it's a nightmare. One star, two stars for me. I don't know how I got a higher rating than you. Nah, it's it's borderline unwatchable. Honestly, it's. Ugh. All right, so after we did our breakdown of 12 Angry Men, I went and watched the remake of 12 Angry Men, the one we spoke about with Mr. James Gandolfini in it. And look, this is still this is still good. There's some really high-quality actors in this film and they're giving great performances. It just doesn't have the same the same style. Like the way it's shot, it's not as meticulous, I think. It's it's done a lot of uh, handheld cameras here. You can see a lot of shaky cam. Like there's a th- the 13th person is the is the cameraman in this film. There's a they do a couple of extra bits uh, of dialogue with some of these characters that really didn't need to be there. They stretched it out an extra half an hour unnecessarily. It's still good. But there are some things that are weighing it down. I give that one three stars. All right, I caught up with another 2020 film, An American Pickle. Have you heard of this one? Uh, yeah, terrible poster. Uh, Seth Rogen, I believe. Yeah, do you know anything about it? I just told you everything I know about it. Okay, so it's about an immigrant worker at a pickle factory who is accidentally preserved for 100 years and wakes up in modern-day Brooklyn. Now, that's the IMDb plot summary. And it, Seth Rogen plays dual roles here. He plays the immigrant from 100 years ago, and he plays his, his, I think it's his great-grand... Yep. His great-grandson. Descendant. And, you know, that's the one. And he has to mingle in with, you know, life in 2020 as a, you know, as a Jewish immigrant. Uh, it's... How does a bastard off... What? We nearly did it. <laughs> you said immigrant, and I was like, yeah, they get the job done. What do you expect? <laughs> Look, this is a film that just continues to fall with each act, much like The Road to El Dorado. It started off really strong. Like, there was some genuine laugh-out-loud moments I mean, at the you start say of really strong, but was it slaying, though, Hendo? Did it slay? 
No, it did not slay as much. It, oh, it's good. It, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you don't just throw around that term like it means nothing. So, that's no, good. I, I only do it to films that genuinely slayed for a third of the film. Hmm. But once they get into the modern day setting with this film and the back and forth battles that come happen begin, the humor what's really slows down. I thought you said, what's that rattle? <laughs> the drama doesn't rise high enough to compensate for the lack of humor. It all, it's also very predictable in its third act as well. I could have easily just watched a full film of the story of the immigrant from 100 years ago. That whole film would have been great. But the rest or of this film- 200 years ago. No, just 100. Don't, don't be so uh, greedy. Two and a half stars for an American pickle. Now, there was a very long time ago, way back in the early days of this podcast, where you got me to watch Superman. And then you followed it up by making me watch Superman 4, The Quest <laughs> of Peace. <laughs> you know, cruel twist of fate. Nice. And then I think it was shortly after the movie watching challenge last year, I watched Superman 2. So there's only one more Superman film in that quadrilogy that I had to watch. What was it? So I did. I watched Superman 3. Was it good? This was fucking awful. <laughs> what is with this film? It is so ridiculous. I don't remember ever having watched it. I almost turned it off when I had, when I saw Richard Pryor ski off the top of a building and land on his feet. And he's not even a superhero. He's a random bloke. Do you mean land on his skis? Yes. I was going to say something about his skis falling off, but they didn't because he skied at the, when he falls off the building, right at the bottom, there's like a, an angle at the, at the bottom, on the bottom floor. And he lands on that and skis off that onto the ground. But he falls out of, like, he falls off the top of like an 80 story building. And it's 80 like, you stories? Like, Come on. And you see him like, you see the sound effect like, Ooh, as he falls down. And I'm like, what is happening with this film? It is a joke. One star for Superman 3. Oh, and they, they, Fucking sideline uh, Margot Kidder in this film as well. She's in it for like two minutes. All right, it was then that I watched Mulan, which you did watch too as well, didn't you, Dean? I did. And to hear our thoughts on that film, uh, go and check out our bonus episode, which we haven't done one in a long time, so worth checking out. Hey, Hendo. We may not do one again for a while. (laughs) Uh, So it was at that point I was going to watch another kids' film with the kids, and considering I'd seen Despicable Me 1 and 3 and Minions... Let's complete it. So I watched Despicable Me 2. Is there a Minions 2? No, but there will be. There's supposed to be one out this year. Ah. This is the laziest form of film. Seriously, nothing happens in this film. Nothing happens. And then you just throw in a bunch of this Minion gobbledygook and they make a billion dollars. Like, I'm flabbergasted, honestly. They really went with the, let's put in just a shitload of Minions in this film and that's all we need to do. And it... it it frustrates the hell out of me that it made so much money. This is a terrible film. One star. Hmm. And the last film I watched recently was The Beastie Boys Story. Is that a documentary? It is a documentary. Do you know what the documentary is about? Name one Beastie Boy song. Intergalactic. Sabotage. How's, how's it go? I don't know the fucking lyrics of it. I, I don't know. I couldn't name one Beastie Boy song. Well, I just named two for you there. Um, uh, You got to fight for your right to party. How's it go? I just said it. You got to fight. Bow now for your right to party. God, that sounds How dreadful. have you not heard that song? Dreadful. You, how have you not heard that song? Oh, I don't know. That- Beastie Boys. Wow. You are terrible. Look, this is a very fun and interesting doco told in a very different style that is a custom. I'm a fan, like I said, of some of the Beastie Boys music, but I know very little about them outside of that. And the way this documentary flows through old clips and images of the band over the years, mixed with the current day revision from the guys themselves in front of a live audience, makes it far more interactive. It's got humor, 
emotion, and above all, it's got some pretty sweet music. It is well worth the watch. Four stars for the Beastie Boys story. Hmm. I do not want to watch that. You know what you might like? That that Susie Quattro thing. Susie Q? Yeah, Susie Q. Right up your alley. Well, you have a movie to give me, Dean, as we are the end of what else we've been watching, and we have a movie to give each other. So, what are you going to do, Dean? Bearing in mind, I have a film to give you two. Well, judging by the overall tripe that so far I've watched of the... I think you gave me five films, and I'm not sure I've, I recommend any of them yet. I've still got You recommended Chun- Son of Soul. You gave Son of Soul four stars. Okay, except for Son of Soul. I've still got Chunking Express to watch, uh, mm-hmm. which I'm looking forward to not one bit. But I'm going to give you Cats. I can't believe you haven't seen Cats. <laughs> uh, he was me going to give you a good film. <sighs> All right. You're going to pay for that. I already did. You gave me Akira. <laughs> no. No, because you know Cats is awful. I gave you films that have been given critical acclaim, thinking that you might like them. Okay. Whatever. Give me what you got. Let's just get rid of Dean's movies I need to watch list right here. All right. Considering I think the last time I gave you an actively bad film that I thought looked bad, I'm going to give you another film by that same guy, Mr. Marlon Wayans. Let's go Fifty Shades of Black. And I feel like you need to watch the Fifty Shades trilogy to uh, understand the the jokes, the quote unquote jokes in that film. So why don't you, you, you should probably go back and rewatch the trilogy just to be fresh in your mind. Fifty Shades of Black. What is this? Has a solid 3.5 on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the bottom rated films at number 68. Is it really? Yes. Come on. I wasn't that cruel. Wow, Cats has a 2.8? <laughs> oh, my God. I wasn't God. that cruel. Okay, maybe I Cats was. Cats number 25. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, no, that's fine. 50 Shades of Black. I'm sure it's uh, very woke. We can fix this now if you want. How so, Hendo? If you want to change it to good films, <sighs> I'll give nah. you this out. Nah, we've put it out there. Next time will be nice. This time, it's out. You watch Cats, I'll watch Fifty Shades of Black. Yeah, but I feel like I need to watch like Cats anyways just to be- Culturally you know, relevant. No, I mean, that's done, isn't it? You never forget your first Cats, Hendo. <laughs> <laughs> when you've watched it more than once. <laughs> and I never forgot it. I only watched it once and I'll never forget it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. We'll do that. So that's going to be the end of the podcast this week. Thank you very much to Gerald from Two Peas in a Podcast for coming back on for another awesome battle. Yes, thanks, Gerald. And next week we're back to our breakdowns. It's your pick, and you've chosen In the Mood for Love, a film neither of us have seen. Sounds sexy, though, am I right? I wonder what'll be sexier, that or Fifty Shades of Black? I don't think it's even a question. Depends if Wayans gets his cock out, I guess. <laughs> I, th- I think this is the first film we're doing a breakdown on that neither of us have seen. I mean, that's not saying much. You basically came into this thing having watched all the top 250. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, scratch that because we did Sherlock Jr. and we hadn't seen that. Okay. I think this might be the second one. Well, there you go. Mm. All right, that's going to do it. Thank you very much, everyone, for checking out the episode and we will see you next week for In the Mood for Love. It's hard to say without being, you know, e. <laughs> well, that's why you picked it, wasn't it? Hey, in the mood for love. <gasps> ah, bye.